presented by Wells Fargo. Hey, good morning, Playbookers. I'm Raguman of Volin. It's Friday and the good news, no government shutdown, but the bad news, plenty of deadlines left. This is your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. Congress avoided a government shutdown last night after conservatives in the Senate dropped their demands to nix President Joe Biden's vaccine mandates in the funding bill and when Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer gave them a way out. All 100 senators agreed late Thursday night to quickly proceed to a bill funding the government through February 18th. The breakthrough came after Schumer gave Republicans a vote that needed just a simple majority threshold to defund federal vaccine mandates. Two Republicans were absent at the time, meaning that even if Senator Joe Manchin sided with Republicans, the amendment would be defeated. That vote failed 50 to 48. Conservatives will argue they got something out of this drama, a vote on their issue. In reality, it was a face-saving measure. The far right started out demanding that Congress effectively scuttle the mandates, then reduced their ask to a mere vote they knew would fail. That ensured smooth passage of a continuing resolution a full 30 hours before the shutdown deadline. Wow, okay, overachievers. Another reality here. Their shutdown threat was never going to give them what they wanted. Schumer was all too willing to embrace the showdown over vaccines, considering the threat of the Omicron variant. Plus, fellow Republicans blasted their demands as irresponsible and pointless. One thing the right did get out of this, though, was attention. I mean, we're talking about him here. Their protest was front and center for days and will be again next week when Senator Mike Braun forces another vote on the issue. They also demonstrated to other members how to leverage year-end deadlines for votes on their pet issues, a precedent Schumer warned against before he acceded to their ask. And despite last night's movement on the funding bill, Schumer still has multiple crises on his hands. The National Defense Authorization Act is still stalled. There's been some talk by Democrats about adding a debt ceiling increase onto the NDAA, but House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy panned that idea, and Senate Republicans seem unlikely to go along with it. Nikki Haley, the former governor of South Carolina, finally landed a one-on-one -on -one meeting with Donald Trump. You might remember that Trump rejected her request for a sit-down back in February, which came shortly after Haley's condemnation of his actions back on January 6th. While Haley faced the prospect of being one of Trump's sworn enemies ahead of a potential 2024 presidential campaign, she praised him during a recent speech in Iowa, and maybe more importantly, said that she wouldn't challenge him in a potential 2024 primary. For what it's worth, that's something Florida Governor Ron DeSantis hasn't done. So last week, nearly 10 months after the first snub, Trump finally granted her a visit to Mar-a-Lago to kiss the ring. A source close to Trump said, quote, he doesn't see the point in making enemies, adding that he's still skeptical of Haley because of her back and forth statements about him. Another aide added, he likes teasing people. We have a couple other items about the Trump endorsement and the Pennsylvania Senate race and Bill de Blasio's potential run for New York governor. You can check those stories out in today's playbook. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 9.30 a.m. Eastern, President Joe Biden will receive the president's daily brief. At 10.15, Biden will deliver remarks on the November jobs report. At 12.15, Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris will have lunch. And at 5.30, Biden will depart the White House to head to Camp David. The White House COVID-19 response team and public health officials will brief at 11 a.m. Press Secretary Jen Psaki will brief at 1.30. The House is out today. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy will hold his weekly press conference at 11.30. The Senate is out today. All right, one last thing before we get out of here. Today on Playbook Deep Dive, these days, Capitol Hill townhomes aren't for living in. They're for lobbying. 
you know, we kind of kid about it. Some of the members of Congress is like they could almost yell in their votes from how close we are. Playbook's Tara Paul Mary and Politico's Haley Fuchs take it to the other side of D.C. real estate to meet the lobbyists hiding next door. Follow Playbook Deep Dive wherever you get your podcasts. Here's the cherry on top. Location, 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 right? For more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Playbook's editor is Mike Zappler. Jenny Ament is Politico's senior producer of audio. The executive producer and head of audio is Irene Noguchi. I'm Rogan Munavalin. Have a great weekend. We'll see you first thing Monday morning. Wells Fargo is investing in hope and helping small businesses thrive. As part of their Open for Business Fund's roughly $420 million initiative, they're dedicating grants to nonprofits to help small businesses build equity in things such as storefront property, technology, equipment, and more, leading to a brighter future. Together, we can all bring hope to our communities. Learn more at wellsfargo.com impact.